Welcome to the Prairie Heights Podcast. Thanks for listening today. I hope it motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family here at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Hey, my name is Byron. Great to be back at Prairie Heights. And we are in the middle of a series, as Beth pointed out, called You This Year. Who do you and I want to be this year? Maybe the better question is, who does God want you and me to be this year? Last weekend when I was here, I talked to you about overcoming insecurities. And today we're going to talk about responding to change. Change. Did you know that uh, psychologists are saying right now that most of us are suffering change fatigue, right? Now, I'm in my late 60s, and um, uh, there's always changes. Uh, Those of you who are my age or heading my age, uh, have you ever noticed how things start to change? Uh, Gravity has taken over. Uh, But what bothers me the most at my age is how things start growing that didn't used to be there. Uh, So for an example, um, I still have my hair, although it's getting thinner, but I've noticed this last year, uh, 2020, you know, it was a crazy year. I have hair growing out of my ears. Now, some of you are going, oh, what's wrong? If you are a guy and you're in your 60s, maybe you can identify with that. Now, that's a little disconcerting, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to uh, make the best of it because if it grows really long and thick, then that way, if I ever go bald, I'll just do a comb over. <laughs> of course, you know what I blame the hair in my ear on? COVID. Right? Isn't it? You know, 2020 is such a crazy year. Aren't you glad that 2021 is really off to a great start? Yeah, there's so many good things happening. Um, but 2020 was a crazy year, and yeah, it was about COVID. And uh, I know we get sick of that word, and we're, we're praying and that God will remove the virus, and will life ever get back to normal? And so change really comes into play here. Now, even in a, uh, a normal non-COVID year, there's lots of changes, Uh, You know, it might be the loss of a job. It might be the loss of a relationship. In fact, it might mean divorce. Uh, Another change might be if if you are young parents and you have two children and you add a third, whoa, change. You are now outnumbered, right? That third one really did a number on you. Uh, You might move geographically, and now there's all these other adjustments. And then we throw in on top of it everything else, all the changes that are going on right now. You know, mask, no mask. Open, shut down. Business essential, non-essential business. And some of you here this morning, I know, uh, have perhaps lost a job. Uh, Maybe you've had a business closed down. Maybe you've lost a relationship because of different perspectives on what's happening in the world or especially politically. I mean, the change. Who could have ever imagined that this next week during an inauguration, we have to have soldiers? So much change. So much change. And 
here's something that we got to understand. It's going to stay with us. And you might go, oh, if it's something about the news, Byron, you want to share with us? No. I go all the way back to Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, everything changed. Everything changed because now we are sinful and we live in a broken, fragile world. And that means change is going to happen constantly. Adam and Eve went from enjoying paradise, they sinned, and the big change for them is that now God said, now you can't live in paradise anymore, and in fact, you're going to have to labor and work hard. In fact, in child labor, that's going to be painful, and he just went through this litany of all the changes that were going to happen because of them sinning, and it's the same with us. We live in a broken world, a fragile world, so we can expect it. Have you thought about why it's so important that we are able to respond to change and face change effectively? First of all, it's for our own well-being. Uh, psychologists are talking about it. Nobody really knows yet for sure how this last year and what's going on in the world is really impacting everything. But this we do know is that more people are suffering with depression perhaps than in any other typical year. I know I have friends and family who are experiencing depression, and that's a huge change to them. We got to respond well to change for our own well-being. Uh, addictions are on the rise. Uh, the sale of alcohol is going through the roof because people are trying to figure out how to cope with change. There's tension in the home. So a quick survey. Has anyone noticed uh, a sense of crabbiness ever in your home going on right now? Yeah. I've talked to more people. I experience it. How do we respond to change? The other reason we need to respond to it effectively is for the well-being of those around us. You know, perhaps most of us here this morning would claim to be Christ followers. You know, one of the most powerful ways to share the hope and the good news of Jesus Christ with a world who needs Jesus is for them to see us living out the hope that we have in Christ. Speaking of that, I want to share with you some great news. I'm going to take you to God's word right now. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We face change, life changes, but God never, ever changes. He's always holy, he's always perfect, he's always just, he's always full of grace, he always loves unconditionally. God does not change, and that is great news for us. And so we are going to take a look in the next few minutes at how we might more fully trust the God who never changes as life changes around us. In fact, let's ask this question. How can you and I survive and even thrive when facing difficult change? Here's how we'll answer that question. We're going to take a look at some stages that if we recognize these stages of processing change, it might help us actually deal with it in a practical way. Now, some of you, especially if you are in a business and, and uh, you've done training on something like this, there's something out there. It's a tool, and it's called the change cycle. Counselors use change cycles because they, they say something happens and you have to work through the various stages of grief, for example. There's multitude of tools, and so what I've done 
because of just the time we have available this morning, and I wanted to try to simplify it, I'm going to give you my version of a change cycle that we might use or consider using while we are processing difficult changes in our life. But we're not going to stop there. We're also going to take a look at what I would call a faith-filled response. We experience the stage. Now, how do we respond to it with faith in Christ? All right? So here's the first one. You'll be able to see the visuals as we go through this. But here's the first stage when we face something that is difficult, something different. Stage one, oh, no! My daughter, who has three boys, two of them are school age, basically that was her response when school shut down again this last fall. Oh, no! Maybe some of you as parents, you have expressed that or felt that. Maybe when you've lost a job. Oh, no! You discover that you have an illness. Oh, no! A loved one is in trouble. Oh, no! That is a very typical, normal, human process of when we are experiencing change. During this stage, we're going to perhaps experience shock, anger. Uh, We might even feel a sense of, of numbness, of fear. It's hard to actually put together clear thoughts in any chronological order. It just sort of blows our world up in some degree. If you know Jesus, and even if you don't, can I suggest here is the way God would have us respond. We respond by praying, and sometimes it's out loud, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. I want you to see Psalm 18, verse two. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I want you to see a photo of a rock that's called Haystack Rock, and it's in Cannon Beach, Oregon, on the coast. And my wife and I had the privilege of visiting there some years ago, and you can't miss it. In fact, people refer to this rock as sort of a marker. Well, if you walk down to the rock and then go two miles to the right, you're going to find... You can't miss its majesty, its power, its strength. In fact, you can imagine that if you were standing on it, nothing's going to move underneath your feet. It's rock solid. It could even be a place of protection or of refuge. Is Jesus your rock? My wife and I, we choose a word for the year every year. We pray and say, Jesus, show us a word that we might sort of focus on and your Holy Spirit would use it to teach us and to help us become more like you. Uh, This year, my word is empower. I really recognize the need to really trust God for his spirit to empower me each and every day and moment by moment. My wife, Linda, has chosen rock. Because with all the ups and downs and all the oh no moments that are going on, I hear my wife yelling, crying out, Lord, help me. Help was her word last year. And things are still going on, so let's 
depend on our rock, the Lord, our God. Let me tell you about a recent, the most, one of the most difficult oh no's uh, we've ever experienced. The weekend before Christmas, it was a Sunday morning, and I was in our living room, and my wife Linda was on the phone with a family member. And she came back into the living room crying, and she looked at me, and she said, Honey, Stephen took his own life last night. And I just literally cried out, Oh, no! No, don't say that, Linda. Don't say that. Really? Oh, no, that can't be true. Stephen was our 48-year-old nephew. And he was struggling and responding, I'm convinced, to all the changes in his life. Stephen, he was a Christian. But he was struggling. I heard him express as a, as, a, as a younger person his faith in Christ, knowing that Christ died and rose again for him, and that someday he would spend eternity in heaven. And so l- let me just make this comment, uh, because 1 John 5, 11 or 13 says, he who has the Son has life, he who does not have the Son does not have life. I am writing to you, to those of you who have believed in the Son and he's in your life, that you may know that you have eternal life. And as tragic as this is, I know that Stephen's in the presence of God right now. And so when we talked to his wife, Teresa, she shared with us her response, of course, was, oh, no. And then her next response was, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. That's a faith-filled response when life is full of a, of a moment that seems absolutely unbearable. And I want you to know that Teresa has given me permission to share this story because she said, Byron, we're going to tell the truth about what happened because I don't want anyone else to get to the point where they feel they can't go on. Stephen had been struggling with depression, struggling with drinking too much, Loss in his life, change in his life. Bringing an oh no moment and a Lord help me. Lord help me. And so as a family, we have moved from Lord help me and we still pray for his supernatural strength and help and power. But now that brings us to stage two when facing a difficult change. Stage two is I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. Anybody stressed here today? We've already talked about all the examples of what we're feeling, but when you are in this stage, this emotional stage of processing change, here's what we'll probably feel or think. We're gonna be very anxious. We're gonna probably feel confused. We're gonna have significant doubts about the future. I mean, what could go wrong next? Oh, Lord, help me. I can't do this. I can't take this. I don't know how to function. So that's why we need to respond with this faith-filled response. Lord, calm me. I'm so proud of Teresa. As she has been praying, Lord, help me, 
She is expressing her desire to the Lord to calm her, to calm her. Let me share with you what Paul has to say in Philippians chapter four. He says this, don't worry about anything. <laughs> Some of you might be saying, oh, that's easier, uh, <clears throat> easier said than done, right? Instead, pray about everything. How often is it that we are not praying until something really goes bad and then we can cry out, oh, help me, which really is a prayer. But it should be where we're starting Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done and then you're going to experience God's peace. When our focus is on the Father and what he's done for us through Christ, we're going to experience God's peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's why I so often don't even look at the news right now because that is not helping me be calm. When I am calm, it's when I am spending time with Jesus. Listening, praying, in worship, thinking about all the blessings he's brought into my life. So what about you? What's your oh no moment that's causing you right now, this weekend, this morning, to cry out, Lord, help me? And maybe you've moved into the second stage and you're just feeling so stressed. Can you call out to God and say, Lord, calm me. Show me your peace. Let me fix my thoughts on you and not on what is going on around me all the time. Time with Jesus, worship, and focus on his blessings. Stage three. So what's next? That's the stage. Maybe we've caught our breath. We've moved from, oh no, Lord help me, I'm so stressed, Lord, calm me. And God's been working in our life. And, my, and maybe we're actually going, so now what? What's gonna be next? And this is a stage when we might start to be open to the idea of making the life adjustment. Uh, we might find ourselves being a little bit more hopeful about the future. If you're a Christ follower here this morning, we might find ourselves going, okay, Lord, I can't do this, but you can, and I'm counting on you to lead me. That should be our next response. Lord, lead me. Lead me. I can't do this on my own. I need your direction. Lord, help me in a very practical ways. How am I gonna make these kinds of adjustments to what has happened in my life? Lord, lead me. And in Proverbs chapter 16, here's what we find. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I appreciate using Google Maps or a GPS service to navigate. You know, now I know how to get from Minneapolis here to Prairie Heights Church. I, I'm, I'm okay there. But when I need to go somewhere I haven't been before, I can plug in or speak in the destination and then usually I'll see options, different routes on how to get there. What's the fastest? What's the most scenic? 
you, you, you get it. You, you know it. You do that. When it comes to the Lord leading us, here's the ultimate destination for anyone who's a Christ follower. Listen carefully. To become more like Jesus. If you forget everything else I'm saying this morning and you want to think about the destination for you this year, 2021, no matter what change happens, no matter what you're facing, ultimately the destination that God has for you and me is become more like Jesus. That's the destination. So now we can work on plans. If we're spending time with Jesus, he's going to reveal to us routes and steps to get to that destination, whether it's in relationships, job, direction for life. Let me show to you one of the most powerful movie clips I've, I've ever seen. It's, it's from the movie called Ray. And Ray is the story of the famous composer, soul singer, Ray Charles. And I don't know if you know anything about him, but he was blind at the age of seven. In fact, he grew up in uh, poverty in the segregated South, and he saw tragedy. He saw his younger brother actually drown, and at the age of seven, through an accident, he went blind. His mom loved him so much, she wanted to help him overcome and face the change in his life. Let's watch.
I hear you too, Mama. You're right there. <laughs> yes, I am. You know, Jesus said that we need the faith of a child. In that short little clip, I saw Ray going from, Lord, help me, to Lord, calm me, to Lord, lead me to what's next. And in those moments, this was a defining moment in his life. He came to realize that what was next is that he needed to recognize and observe and maximize his hearing, his sense of touch. And it ended up him being one of the, the greatest musicians ever. The last stage. Stage four, I can do this. There, there's this sense of confidence. Uh, there's a sense of, hey, I'm moving forward. There's a sense of being refocused and more confident, more productive, and maybe saying, okay, I'm starting to see how I am going to live in a new kind of normal. It's not what I would have chosen or I would have expected, but God, you are good. And so here is our response to that if we're a Christ follower. Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, Paul is writing, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So let's do a quick time out here because I especially, I, I want to talk right now to, to people who don't yet know Christ. You're not yet a Christ follower. You know, maybe you've grown up around religion or churches or maybe there's some background of faith Maybe you've had the idea that everything from, oh, God does not exist, to uh, maybe if I do enough good things, then God will let me into heaven someday. And we find ourselves trying to work toward earning God's favor. But there's, oh, that's not possible. Because Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, it's not by works, but it's by grace that we are saved. It's God that does the work. It's a gift of salvation. And so when Paul is saying here, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, in other words, receive the gift, and now I'm talking to those of you who are already Christ followers, if you stop and you remember, you didn't do anything to gain your salvation. You received it as a gift, and Paul is now saying, okay, now live that way. Continue to follow him. Just receive what he has for you, his power, his direction, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him and then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Thankfulness. So that's the response when we have faith. Lord, thank you. Thank you. How does God want you to change this year? I know he's working on changing me let me, let me wrap up with this story that took place in my life. There's been many moments of crisis and experiences and significant changes in my life, but this is one where I experienced all four of these stages. 
About 10 years ago, I was, I was in a leadership role with a, a ministry organization called Youth for Christ, which is around the country and in over 100 countries around the world. And my job was to train leaders. And that involved lots of travel. I mean, I loved what I was doing. I got to teach. I got to speak. I got to mentor. I got to coach. I got to lead different teams. But it involved so much travel. I was traveling 240, 250 days a year. And though I liked it, it was killing me. And so almost 10 years ago, because I was fighting my own insecurities of wanting others to approve of me, I wasn't saying no. What other people asked or demanded of me, I was, okay, yeah, I can do that, I can do that. But in reality, deep down inside, I knew I couldn't. And so that's why it was such an eye-opener. It was such an oh-no moment for me when I recognized in a puddle of tears, I am burned out. Lord, help me. So I resigned from my role in leadership in Youth for Christ, and at the same time, I was having double foot surgery. Yep, yep. And so, yeah, I know, now everybody's looking at my feet, you know, what's wrong. You know, you can get a hip replacement, you can get a knee replacement. Well, I have both big toe joints replaced. They're fake. They're not bionic. I wish they were, because I would still love to slam dunk a basketball someday. I don't think that's going to happen. But here's what God did. He said, okay, you're gonna be immobile for six weeks. I'm gonna get you off your feet, on your butt, and I'm gonna get you on your knees. Because I had this, oh no, I am burning out. I cried out, Lord, help me. And then I'm feeling, I'm so stressed. And even during that time, those six weeks of recovery, I'm going, now what am I going to do? I'm in my late 50s. I still need to make an income. I still have purpose. I still have gifts I might be able to use, God, through your power. But what am I going to do? What's next? So I'm saying, God, help me. God, calm me. God, lead me. God, lead me. Several months are going by and I still got nothing. And then God gave a gift. There's a whole nother long conversation, but you know, God uses dreams and visions. And what I'm about to tell you, he doesn't do all the time or he doesn't do it in everybody's life, but this is, I think because he knew I was sort of hard-headed, he needed to make it really obvious to me to get me to calm down and to trust him and let him lead me into my future. And so I'm having a dream slash vision. I sit up in bed. My wife, Linda, is sleeping beside me, and in through the bedroom door comes Jesus, mm -hmm. smiling. I'm going, I'll bet he's going to go talk to Linda first because I think she's more spiritual than me. No, I think he, he came over to me right away because he knew I needed more help. He sat down on the side of the bed, and he took my arm in his hand, and he smiled. And he kind of did this. <laughs> oh, Byron, I love you. And you and Linda are going to love what I have for you in your future. And then he patted my arm, smiled, got up, walked out, and I went, well, honey, did you, did you see this? Did you see this? And I didn't want to wake her up, and so the next morning I told her all about it. And now we're moving into complete trust. And now this moved me into the stage 
that stage four of, I can do this. But I realized it wasn't me doing it. It was God doing it. That's why I could say, God, thank you. Thank you. And so the door opened up because God opened it. And nine years ago, I joined the staff of Eagle Brook Church in the Twin Cities. I still get to speak, teach, mentor, coach. I don't have to travel. Get to spend more time with my wife and my nine grandkids now that I'm part-time. And every single day, I say, Lord, thank you. And I share that story with you. I can't guarantee that you're going to have an experience like that, but I can guarantee this. God has you in his hand. No matter what change you're facing right now or no matter what change you will face this next week or the month after or in 2021, let God help you process what you're facing in his power, in his love, as you surrender to him. Let's pray. Father God, in this moment as we come to this close in this service, thank you that you are the God who never ever changes. And with that, we have trust and hope knowing that we can count on you as you hold us in your hands, you wrap us in your unconditional love and your amazing grace. And so right now, Father, I pray for everyone, whether they're watching online or here in person, that we would hear your voice right now, that we'd slow down just long enough and whatever stage we're in right now, for us to be able to say, Lord, help me. Lord, call me. Lord, lead me. Lord, thank you. Because you love us and you know what's best for us. And you're going to grow us along the way for your sake, for your glory. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thanks for listening and God bless.